0: Time to light the flame. The stove is on, and the heat is only beginning. It's time to heat up your ears as food discussion goes to the boiling point, when all of a sudden in a flash, current food trends will appear. Cooking and baking meets the world of reality and entertainment, and beloved foodies and chefs are put in the hot seat, all under Chef Alex's burning kitchen. It's time to start the fire. It's going to get hotter and hotter. It's the hot stove with Chef Alex. And it burns starting now on Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show.
1: to the hot stove with Chef Alex. It's burning hot here in the Chef Cardinelli cooking show studio, but we are just getting started. Get ready for an explosion of hot cooking topics and chat with Chef Alex. This is going to be a fun cooking show unlike any other shows the air on the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show Network. This is the very first cooking, baking, and food-themed live entertainment reality and current events talk show right here exclusively on Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. This is also going to be the first show that will also include current events and Some off-topic things as well. I am, of course, a citizen of the United States of America and also a person, and you, the listeners, are people too, so I will also cover some fun topics. This is going to be a show where I, Chef Alex, will be discussing all kinds of culinary arts forward slash food topics that aren't big enough for their own show, plus the current food trends and new products being released in the food industry and some interesting off-topic stuff. Now, here is something I am looking forward to. There will be some awesome special guests that will be on the show. They will be in a hot seat next to the hot stove to discuss things they like and that you want to hear. There will be some cooking and baking experts and lovers, aka chefs on the show, and also some guests to talk about off-topic material, but the point being, someone else will also be in the hot seat here on the hot stove on the Chef Cardinelli cooking show. This is going to be a -a twice-a-month show. So you can expect Chef Alex in the hot seat next to the hot stove twice a month. Here is what's on the stove for today's show. What made me want culinary arts as my vocation in vocational high school. As some of you may know, I took culinary arts in high school and finished with a certificate. And then I went to culinary school for a bit. I'm also going to talk about who are my mentors. What chefs do I look up to? I'll talk about my favorite cooking TV shows. I have a major personal announcement that I'm very excited to share with all of my listeners. Now, this announcement is something I never thought I would be able to do, but I I am looking forward to sharing it with all of my listeners. What off-topic discussions will be discussed? Our special guest, the first guest in four years on the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. Our special guest is food lover, recipe artist, and cookbook cookbook author, Christine Kish. Former friend of the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show, Christine Kish will return after four or five years to discuss what she has been up to. Looking forward to chatting with Christine Kish, our first guest for the first time. In four years. Plus, we're going to have some delicious recipes at the end of the show and find out what's trending in the food industry now. So, let's start the flame and get the stove nice and hot. Let's get started. So, we'll start with me entering into the cooking and baking world and also me entering into the world of culinary arts what made me want culinary arts as my vocation at Putnam Vocational Technical High School. At the age of 12, I began cooking at home. Now, at that young age, I was making meals such as chicken parmesan. And when you're that age, it's pretty amazing that you can cook – really restaurant quality dishes. And I was able to learn how to cook uh, meals like chicken parm, lasagna, meatballs, homemade, and everything, because I grew up in an Italian family. And I learned from my grandmother, my great-grandmother, and, of course, my mother. They all taught me how to become a good cook and how to take care of myself. So I hold that part of me being able to cook to them. Um, I think them teaching me how to cook was a huge, huge jumpstart into my cooking abilities. And I am forever thankful for that. Now I am one of the only men in my family that really loves cooking. Now, of course, my uh, father and my grandfather couldn't cook, can cook. But I love cooking, and I love baking as a hobby, and I really enjoy it. And I started, at the time that I started cooking, I was the youngest man cooking in the family. Like I said, I was 12 years, 12 years old when I was cooking chicken parm. But my brother Jimmy now has taken that spot. My brother Jimmy is now the youngest male in the family that is in the kitchen cooking now. So, like I said, I started cooking at a young age and really, really enjoyed it. It became like a personal interest and hobby of mine. Now, during eighth grade, which is the final year of middle school, when I had a choice of what high school to go to, one high school was literally staring at me on the page, It was practically jumping off the page at me. I chose Putnam Vocational High School, and I was lucky enough to get chosen. Thank God that I got accepted to go to Putnam Vocational High School. As soon as I got accepted, I knew what shop I wanted. Now, in my freshman year, during the rotation of all the different vocational shops, so when you're a freshman at Putnam, you actually spend half of the year going through all of the shops during your shop week. So each week you're going to have a different shop that way. Uh, when it comes time to picking what shop and what location you want, you can make a choice based on your experiences in the shop, etc. So you will have an opportunity to discover all the shops and all the locations in uh, Putnam. But my freshman year, Started with all the different vocational shops. I really, really enjoyed culinary arts. I enjoyed carpentry. I enjoyed auto body and auto mechanics. I got great grades throughout the first half of the year. I had hopes that I would get the first shop that I wanted. I would have settled for carpentry or auto body, but I was very excited to see that I got my first choice which was culinary arts. The second half and rest of the freshman year, I had culinary arts and I began learning about cooking and the restaurant industry. Chef Adam Pop was my first instructor and I learned a lot from him. Obviously, he taught me everything that is in the restaurant kitchen and the professional commercial kitchen. So really Chef Adam Pop was a guy that uh, jump-started me and got me interested in the culinary arts business. And I learned a lot from him. And I also learned a lot from all the other chefs that I have had, which I'm going to talk about as we move forward into my culinary arts training and my love for professional cooking and baking in general now as a sophomore um, I had a chef named uh, mrs. Gifford chef Gifford and she was um, one of my best teachers that I have experienced and um, this is a couple of years ago, more than a couple of years ago. So my memory may not be hundred percent accurate, but I believe my teacher for my sophomore year was Miss Gifford. She was a beautiful blonde lady, and she was a great, great chef instructor. I learned a lot from her. Um, she used to own a uh, a restaurant back in the day, so she has a lot of knowledge. On the culinary arts industry, and she br- she brought that to uh, the culinary arts vocation. I was able to learn from a restaurant owner uh, how to run a restaurant and what to do as a chef and things like that. So I really enjoyed my soft- sophomore year. Now in my sophomore year, I began working in the restaurant with all the other uh, students and. I have to admit, the sophomore year was awesome. It's one of my uh, favorite high school years. I really, really enjoyed my sophomore year. Um, I got to work the line, the restaurant line, when uh, the restaurant was serving to the teachers and open to the public. The name of our restaurant was Putnam's Pride. It was located inside the old Putnam. And I had a lot of fun cooking a wide variety of different things in my sophomore year, all sorts of pastas, um, chicken, sandwiches, soups. I'll say that my sophomore year, I made a lot more soups than I did the last two years. Um, But I love making homemade soup because now I have that technique and now I know how to make a delicious homemade soup and I know how to make a homemade delicious stock. So I'm thankful for the sophomore year because I learned how to do that. But I will say that almost all of my sophomore year, I was in the bakery. And when I was in the bakery in my sophomore year, I really uh, started to get a love for bacon. I really got my passion for bacon and I really enjoyed baking. Um, Most of my sophomore year, I began experiencing um, many different cookie recipes, and that's where my interest in cookie baking grew because Chef Gifford always gave me the opportunity to create new cookie flavors and sell them inside the bakery in the Putnam Pride restaurant. And I have to give credit to Mrs. Gifford because of her, I have some recipes that I really, really enjoyed. And I really enjoy making these cookies. Some of these cookies include red velvet whoopie pies, which are absolutely delicious. They also include um, white chocolate chip cookies, triple chocolate cookies, um, peanut butter chocolate chip cookies, oatmeal raisin cookies. Oatmeal, coconut, white chocolate chip cookies. Those are at some examples of some of the cookies that I sold um, at in Putnam's Pride during my sophomore year. And I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot about cookie bacon. Now, um, all of my peers and all the customers loved my cookies. So it was a good compliment to me because I was, what, maybe 17, 18 at the time, so I was a pretty much a youngster in the terms of baking for um, commercial kitchens. So I was very excited to see that everybody was liking the cookies that I was making in my sophomore year. So my sophomore year was excellent, a really great year in the culinary arts shop. And I'd say on the limb and say that the sophomore year was my best year ever. In my 12 year school career, I can easily look back and say that I really, really, really enjoyed my sophomore year and um, I really liked it. Fast forward a year later, I was a junior. Now, my junior year, culinary arts wise, the location wise, was excellent. On the academic side, um, I kind of got lazy. Um, I really didn't put any effort into my academics in my junior year. I think I was getting burned out from school. I started to get really tired of going to English class, math class, um, social studies, etc. So I was getting tired. I was getting burned out, but I was always, always energized and ready when shop week came. And shop week, for those of you who don't know, is the week that we have culinary arts or whatever vocation you have at Putnam. So I was very excited for the junior year, and in junior year, I, I was learning a lot more about the culinary arts world, and I was able to take and learn more responsibility in the kitchen. Um... I have to say thank you to Chef Bernard Demio for giving me uh, some responsibility in the kitchen because I used to always work the line when the restaurant was open. And I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I think working the line is one of the best parts of the culinary arts world. And I really thought that It was something that I really enjoyed, and I actually do, believe it or not, miss it right now. Uh, Hopefully sometime in the near future, I will get back to working behind the line in the kitchen because what I really liked about working the line at Putnam was that it was always busy. There wasn't ever a dull moment, and if there was, it was about 5, 10, maybe 20 minutes. It wasn't always goal and I had a lot of dishes to make I really enjoyed making food I really enjoyed plating and I really enjoyed getting feedback from the teachers and the customers that came into the Putnam Pride restaurant so my junior year most of it was working the line sometimes I would uh, do dishwashing and that's not bad you know some people think that uh, washing dishes is a bad job. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe when I was a junior, I would say dishwashing is awful. I'll never do it. But looking back now, it's not bad. It's not necessarily a job that I'm going to hate, um, because in reality, really, it's not that hard. In commercial kitchens in restaurants, you're going to have a big, 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 huge dishwasher. And all you really have to do is wash the food off the plate, put it on a rack, and run it through a dishwasher. So it ain't that bad. I mean, if I had the opportunity and somebody wanted to hire me in their restaurant as a dishwasher, I would jump on that job because A, it makes money, and B, it's kind of easy, and it is fun. It gets me out of the house to wash dishes i get to go to work every day and i get paid at the end of the week so i would love being a dishwasher now but if you spoke to me back in my junior year i'd say i absolutely hate washing dishes and i only say that to you because i really enjoyed being in the kitchen and working with food and working the line also in my junior year i worked in the bakery a lot too I uh, got into uh, making pastries that year because I already made a bunch of cookies. So in my junior year, I was making things like red velvet cake. My junior year is the years that I learned how to make red velvet cake. And since then, I've loved it. So I have to say thank you to my friend and uh, chef, Laura Smith. I really, really uh, enjoyed learning about red velvet cake, and of course, I made cannolis and things of that nature. But one of the best things to happen in my high school years is in my junior year, I met a chef that I absolutely have the utmost respect for and a chef that I consider to be one of my mentors. And the guy that taught me the ropes to being a good cook, a good chef, and not only a good cook or chef, but also a good person, and that is Chef Matt West. Hopefully it's okay that I say their first names, um, because I'm not a student anymore, and I'm 23 years old now, going on 24. Um, But Chef Matt was a great guy. He taught me how to cook how to clean, knife skills. Uh, He improved my knife skills and everything. He was a a pleasure to work with, and I really enjoyed meeting uh, Chef Matt West. Now, unfortunately for me in my personal life as a junior, I lost my grandmother, a.k.a. in Italian we called them Arnani, and uh, she passed away after a battle of cancer. So that was the only downside to my junior year. I know it had nothing to do with my school, um, but it it, uh, affected me some way. And I have to say thank you to all the chefs that comforted me through that uh, difficult time. And it's, it's because of their comfort where I am today. And I know that my grandmother is smiling looking down at me cooking, and, of course, hosting this successful, successful cooking podcast. Now, fast forward to my last year of school, my senior year. This was an incredible year. Now, I think my senior year could be up there with the sophomore year, as one of my best years in my 12-year school career. Now, before I get into my senior year, I would like to say that um, we were fortunate enough to be the first class to graduate from a whole new Putnam Vocational Technical High School. That's right. Class of 2013 was the first senior class in an all-new uh high school it was rebuilt and relaunched and we had a new building to call our home for the last year of our high school careers now in the culinary arts program for my senior year basically um we were given a lot more responsibility basically we were in charge of the restaurant and the kitchen so i ran the line I worked the dish room, and I cooked in the bakery as well. So I had a lot of fun my senior year. That's where I did some um, classic entrees that you see in restaurants like chicken marsala, chicken melanie, chicken parmesan, chicken franchise, uh, steak pizzaiola, pizza, etc., and I also learned how to make breads, and I also learned how to make eclair, cream puffs, etc. So I really, really had um, a fun year in my sophomore year, and luckily for me, I had one of my chefs that I considered to be a big mentor of mine uh, help me succeed in the cooking industry, and... I really enjoyed working with Chef Matt. I think that I was one of his best students. That's my opinion. I may be right, or I may be right, or I may be wrong. (laughs) But uh, I really enjoyed my senior year, and I have to say thank you to Chef Matt West for teaching me how to be a good cook and giving me the knowledge that I need to succeed. In cooking and baking. I really, really enjoyed uh, my senior year. Now, all four years through the culinary arts program and all four years through high school, I really, really loved culinary arts at Putnam. I mean, I busted my ass each and every day that I was in the culinary arts shop. I would be there early. And I'd stay late to make sure that everything went smooth. I got A's on all of my um, classroom work for culinary arts. I always passed in the culinary arts class. I also passed all of our uh, cooking tests. And I did a great there. Each for Each marking period, I've always got an A or a B in culinary arts. Mostly all A's. I was an A-plus student in culinary arts for four years. Now, who can tell people that you were an A-student for four years straight in a culinary arts class? Not too many people can say that. Not too many people can brag about that. But I have earned that distinct right to say that I was an A-plus student for four years straight in a culinary arts program. Now, the last few months of uh, my senior year, um, it was kind of emotional. It was a good time and also a sad time. Good time because the school year was winding down and i finally graduate and I'd finally be done with school. And it was sad because I really enjoyed Uh, working the Putnam Pride restaurant and working in the culinary arts. And I really enjoyed working with the chefs at Putnam. And I thought it was something that I will always treasure in my life. I always loved it. And I knew that I was going to miss it. And I still miss it to this day. I miss getting up in the morning, eager to see what's going to be cooking for the day, eager to see who I'm going to serve for the day, eager to see... What's going to happen in the kitchen for the day It was something that I used to wake up to And get ready And pumped up And have a positive start to the day I really really do miss it Matter of fact After I graduated I took about a four month hiatus And then I entered into uh, A culinary arts college program I went there for eight months Um, But then it was It was not some things that I thought it was going to be, it wasn't like a, uh, it wasn't like a Lincoln Culinary Institute or Culinary Institute of America. It was more like a small scale culinary art school um, where they just only covered the basics like knife, like knife skills, vegetables and ingredients used in kitchens and how to run a proper kitchen in the kitchen, there were no classes on baking, there were no pastry classes, and there were no classes on operating and running a restaurant because I wanted to learn how to be a good pastry chef because I wanted to become a pastry chef, believe it or not. And I I thought that if I went to culinary school, I would learn that. But I learned most of everything that I need to know for that from Putnam. So I will forever be thankful for that. And like I said, I I made sure that I did everything I could to get A pluses. And I did. I did all my work, turned it in on time, did my best every time we were open, every time the restaurant was open. I gave it my A game, and I absolutely kicked ass, just like I'm kicking ass on this podcast. And I really, really enjoyed it. Now, the only sad thing or bad thing that I'd say about um, this program is that at the end of my senior year, they give away MVPs and awards to somebody in each vocational shop. And heading into the graduation ceremony, um uh, not the ceremony itself. Uh, it's, it's like a practice and that's where they give out the awards and stuff. Um, I guess you could say a graduation pre ceremony. Cause I can't think of the word right now, but um, that day I went in there and I said, I'm going to be the culinary arts MVP. I'm going to win that award. I'm very, very, very excited. And, so I listened through all the other vocational shop awards, and I think to myself, okay, culinary arts should be coming up really soon. And culinary arts comes up, and they announce the recipient who won the culinary arts um, MVP or award or whatever you want to call it. And at first, I was like, okay, there must be a second one coming.
0: And then when I
1: realized that I didn't didn't uh, receive the award or the or the uh, MVP, I was kind of upset. I was distraught and emotional because I thought my four years of hard work and A pluses would have been enough to win me that award and that MVP. So I went home that night upset and. Um, I was upset for about a week or two. It took me a little while to calm down and get over it. Um, But to this day, I am still a little bit upset about it. But it's not the end of the world. It's only um, high school. So now I really don't even care about it. Uh, But I just figured that I should have gotten the award or the certificate. But back then, um, I had a big ego. And a lot of teenagers and kids my age back then will have an ego. So it's perfectly normal. Um, But, you know, what's fair is fair. So I have to congratulate the person that did win the award. He was a very good person. He was very knowledgeable. And he did a, a phenomenal job. But I think I did win a real award. I think I did win something special and that is the memories that i have in the culinary arts program and i have the ability to cook and bake like a professional chef at the young age of 24 years old so i am very very thankful for that so in a nutshell that is my time at Putnam Vocational Technical High School culinary arts program. Of course, I also acted as a waiter. I waited tables there as well and I worked in the front of the house to learn about the front of the house in the restaurant business. And of course, I also dishwashed. And I did stay after to help cater parties, and etc. Now, Here are the reasons I chose culinary arts as my vocation, and they're really simple. I wanted to gain more knowledge on cooking and baking. I wanted to learn the tools of the restaurant trade, just in case I wanted to become a chef now or later in life. And I wanted to learn how to be a good cook and a good baker throughout my whole entire life. That is why... I chose culinary arts. Now, I recommend anybody entering high school to consider going to a vocational high school and really consider taking culinary arts because you will not only learn how to cook and bake, you will learn how to operate a restaurant, you'll, you'll learn how to cook in a restaurant, or even be a waitstaff. Now, nine times out of ten, A young person's first job is at a fast food restaurant or a restaurant in general. So I think by signing up for culinary arts in a vocational school, it's going to be a good start for you. Because not only will you learn how to cook and bake, you will also learn some skills that you could possibly put to use for your very first job. And I think that is really important. So that was the very first topic here on Chef Alex's Hot Stove, and we are just getting heated right now. So right now I'd like to talk about who my chef mentors are, who are my chef mentors, who are the chefs that taught me everything that I know, and who are the chefs that I really enjoy watching them work and cook. Chef Adam Pop was the first chef that I had. Chef Demio was a great chef. He encouraged me to bring my best and do my best each and every time. When I was in the kitchen, I'm not, I was nowhere near perfect. So when I made mistakes, he was there to correct them and teach me the right way of doing things. So I have to say thank you to Chef Demio for that. Of course, Chef Matt West was a very, very uh, huge inspiration and a very, very uh, good mentor of mine. Lori Smith, who was a baker, taught me everything I need to know about baking. Chef Gifford is another mentor of mine. And then I have two famous chefs that are my mentors. Gordon Ramsay. I love Gordon Ramsay. He is a great chef. He's hilarious. And he gives a lot of tips that I really learned from. He has uh, some of the best knowledge that you'll ever see from a chef. And also Ann Burrell. Ann Burrell is also a chef that I really get a kick out of watching. All right. So here is my favorite cooking shows. Hell's Kitchen is one of my favorite shows. Kitchen Nightmares, Master Chef, The F Word with Gordon Ramsay, Guy's Grocery Games, Barefoot Contesta, and anything on the Food Network. I watch the Food Network as often as I can. Um, and I really, enjoyed watch, I really enjoy watching um, cooking shows. All right, guys. Are you ready for my big announcement? Well, here I go. And I'm very excited to share this information with all of you, my listeners, including all of you, my loyal listeners, who have been with me since 2013. And I would like to say um, thank you for being with me for all of uh, those years. I think that um, that's a wonderful thing, and I really value you. And I consider to you, I consider you to be a good friend of mine. So, my big announcement is this: I, Chef Alice Cardinelli. Or I, Alice Cardinelli, will be starting my own business. Not just any ordinary business. I'm going to be starting my own cookie business. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, At some point in this year or early next year, I'm going to be starting a cookie business, and the name of my business is going to be Cookie Encounters with Alex. Now, the reason I chose um, to sell cookies is because I am really good at making homemade cookies. I am really good at making big batches and a good quantity of cookies. And I'm really good at making um, quality, quantity cookies. I make a lot of cookies fast, and I make good cookies fast. So I am uh, incredibly thankful from Putnam Culinary Arts that I was able to learn how to make cookies because now I can make and sell cookies. Very, very thankful for that. So I'm going to be selling cookies at the flea markets, farmer markets, and Christmas, Thanksgiving, and holiday uh, sales, and I'll be selling them online as well. So I'm going to start off as a small business, and then hopefully as the years and years go by, I will get more and more customers so that I can open up a small business and sell my cookies and other baked goods there. So I am working on opening and starting sometime late this year or early next year. Currently, at the moment, I am working on a business plan, and I am working on an ain't date to start selling. But you guys got to realize this takes a lot of planning for it to be successful. This takes a lot of work, so you do have to bear with me. But my business is going to carry homemade cookies, candy bars, cannolis, and cupcakes. I'm Italian, and I know that a lot of people love cannolis, so I'm going to offer cannolis. And I'm going to be a pet baker as well. Yes, sir. Fido and your dogs can get in on the action because I'm going to be making homemade dog treats. I am a dog lover. I have two dogs myself. I have Boomer, who is a lasu and I have Brandy, the beagle, who is a female beagle. I love dogs to death. I love my two dogs to death. So I'm going to be making them homemade dog treats. And if they love them, I'm going to sell them. So you'll have the opportunity to buy homemade dog treats from me. So I'm going to be selling homemade cookies, candy bars, homemade dog treats, cannolis, cupcakes, and other uh, pastries. And I'll be taking catering orders. I haven't figured out any... Uh, prices yet because it is too early Um, but I have figured out catering trays I'm going to do a large assorted cookie platter which is going to be about 8 dozen cookies I'm going to do an assorted cookie and pastry platter a candy and cookie platter or a candy cookie and pastry uh, platter so That is my major announcement, ladies and gentlemen. I am very excited, and I personally cannot wait to get started with my delicious cookies and start selling them. And I cannot wait to hear feedback on how um, people love my cookies. All right. So one of my favorite things to cook is chicken parm. I love making chicken marsala. I love making pasta. I love making prime rib. And I like making delicious steaks. Next, on the next episode of The Hot Stove, I will tell you exactly how to make those foods as well. All right, so I think that's enough food talk for now. I'd like to go off topic for a few minutes here. And we're going to have our first off topic discussion right here on The Hot Stove with Chef Alex live on this line Saturday night. So let's start with Cassie Griffin. Now, I'm not a politics man. I don't follow politics, and I don't care about politics. But what I do care about is the President of the United States. And I'm tired of all the disrespect that he's getting. You don't have to like Donald Trump. Hell, you don't have to... You don't have to respect him But what you have to Acknowledge is that he's our president So through thick and thin You're going to have to support Our president whether you like it or not Because he's the president Of the United States of America Now for those of you Who don't know Cassie Griffin had a picture That had a head Of Donald Trump It had a picture of her holding A beheaded head of Donald Trump, a very, a very offensive and insensitive picture for Mrs. Griffin. And it got a lot of rage, and it was very, very angering to people all around the United States, and for good reason, because it's an embarrassment, um, and it's downright pathetic, pathetic the way Crybaby liberals and Democrats are acting because Donald Trump got into the presidency. These people are looking for any excuse to bash Trump and cause hatred on Trump because their so-called lover, Hillary Clinton, lost because she's a no-good cheater and a liar and a criminal. They're going to accuse Donald Trump of doing all sorts of bad things and um, wishing deaths on him. I've even seen people go as far as uh, talking shit about his son and an 11-year-old son. I mean, come on, really? You're going to drag a president's family into it just because he's not the president that you voted for? You people really need to grow up. And that includes celebrities, too. I don't know what was in Mrs. Cassie Griffin's head. Maybe she was smoking too much stuff or she has so much of an ego that she thought because she was a comedian that she would get away with it. it. And I don't really understand why she would do something like that. It just proves how stupid that she really is. And now she's on the hot seat. She's in the hot seat literally because now she's got a lot of haters worldwide. And I've heard of her before, I've seen some of her shows, and she's, not, she's nowhere near being as great as she thinks she is. She's shitty, she's a shitty comedian, so she has to make other people's lives miserable. And I don't understand why she's got to be that way, it makes no sense, but hey, that's the way she is, so if you're going to be miserable, then hey, we can't help her. Um, and I hope that she will experience karma. Karma is a bitch, they say, and I'm pretty sure that one of these days she's going to upset the wrong person, and they're going to get her. They're going to get her, I hope it happens to her because that is God-right awful what Mrs. Griffin did. It's an utter disgrace to this country. And then because she realized all the backlash she caused, and other people making hatred comments towards her, comments filled with rage, with rage and hatred. She made a video apologizing. And right off the bat, as soon as I saw it, I knew that it was not a sincere apology. I knew that it was a forced apology because she knew that she did wrong and she made herself look bad, and she knew that she had given herself a bad image. So what I think she apologized for is for the bad image she sent out there. I think she apologized to save face and keep a good reputation. But unfortunately, Mrs. Griffin, you bitch, it ain't going to save you because you have people like me that still hate you, and there are plenty of other Americans that will never, ever, ever forgive you. There are some people going as far as saying that you should be expelled from this country and you should no longer be a United States citizen and you should have your rights taken away. Now, I don't know if I would go that far, but hey, if it's a popular thing, then I definitely would go along with it. But enough of that because, like I said, I'm not a politics guy. I don't care about politics. I'm a cooking guy. I'm a baking guy. I'm a video game guy, and I'm a tropical fish keeping guy. That's my life. That's it. And I don't care about politics. The only thing I care about on TV is sports and professional wrestling. I like the Yankees. I like the Buccaneers. And I like the WWE. Now, this is one of the best times of the year, ladies and gentlemen, because it is summertime. And with summer comes good weather. Thank God we had an awful winter, and with good weather comes delicious food such as watermelon, oranges, strawberries, ice cream, and milkshakes. That's one of the best things uh, about the summertime, and of course that brings going swimming, going to the beach, and also having barbecues, going outside on the grill and cooking is absolutely one of the best things that you can ever do. It's a really, really, really fun activity. And I want to wish everybody a happy, healthy summer. And I hope you guys have the best summer that you can possibly have. And um, I hope it is something that you really, really enjoy. All right. So, it is officially graduation season. Yes, that's right. It's class of 2017 graduation. From all of us here at the Chef Curtinelli Cooking Show, all of us from Aquatic Wetline, the Tropical Fishkeeping Podcast, Chef Alex and Aqua Alex say congratulations to all the graduates out there. May you enjoy the rest of your life and succeed in whatever you do, following your graduation. I hope that you are able to create your own path. I hope you are able to create your own success. And I hope you're able to leave your mark on the world, whether it's through your job, your career, your sports, or whatever you do. Leave a positive mark on this world because it's going to make you something and it's going to make your life mean something. And that is what I did. I let my podcast make a work or make a mark on this world. Um, Both my cooking and fish shows. People know who I am. Um, People know who Chef Alex and Aqua Alex is. People know what Chef Cranelli's cooking show is. And people know what Aquatic Wetline is. So make yourself known. But once again, congratulations to all the graduates out there. Congratulations getting through high school, getting through school, and getting through college. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, congratulations to all of the graduates out there.
0: And now, it's time to put a food lover, a baker, a cook, or a chef in the hot seat. But don't think just because you're not a cook that you are excluded from being in the hot seat. This is after all the hot stones, anything is possible. One thing is for sure, the heat is off, Chef Alec. And now, please welcome our special guest to the Hunt seat on the hot stove.
1: It's time for our very first steer on the hot stove with Chef Alex Cardinelli. It's time for our first guest in over four years here on the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. In the hot seat tonight with Chef Alex is my longtime friend, mentor, and now a cookbook author, Mrs. Christine Kish. Christine and I have been friends for about four years. However, we haven't had the opportunity to chat because both of us have been really busy. This will be the first time in over four years that Christine and I chat. So we'll see what we have to say because this is the first time that we've spoken together in four years. Christine has been a huge part of the Chef Cardinelli cooking show of success. It's always a pleasure having her on the show. I am very excited to hear what she has to say and talk with her for the first time in four years. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, lifelong cooking, baking, and food lover, host of My Mother's Secret, cookbook author, and my friend from San Francisco, California, The great Christine Kish. Welcome to the hot stove. You're in the hot seat, and it's time for Christine Kish to be here live. Hello? Can you hear me? Christine, this is Alex. Oh, hi. I'm sorry for the wait, I was having... Nice to talk to you again. I'm sorry for the wait. I was having technical issues. Oh.
2: Well, that happens sometimes.
1: How are you? So, so how have you time. been? I've yeah, been no,
2: it's been... Having... Uh, yeah, I've been uh, busy just, you know, uh, cooking and doing all sorts of, you know, fun and exciting stuff. But, uh, you know, it's... Uh, nice that, you know, in some ways it's kind of hard to believe that it's uh, uh, coming in pretty short order uh, if I survive long enough to to finish my project, but I um, have the opportunity to have um, a cookbook in a upscale vinegar oil sea salt and spices shop that's in the heart of Ghirardelli square in San Francisco on Fisherman's wharf. And it, you know, in the summertime, you know, it sees 60,000 tourists a day, I think is the number, you know, but I mean a huge number. And, um, I actually am, uh, putting together a cookbook that has 50 recipes in it that uses, um, Oils and vinegars, and uh, you know some of their products, and it will be for sale in um, uh, in San Francisco. So, uh, so that'll be pretty cool. And you know, it's funny when um, uh, it all came about, and I was going to um, uh, you know put together this book because I've I've used these products um, uh, from different places, uh, you know, for years, because I, um, I don't know if you cook much with, um, you know, uh, premium vinegars and, um, you know, oils and whatnot, but they, once you expose yourself to, you know, a good balsamic vinegar or, you know, a great, you know, truffle oil or, or something, it's hard to go back to, uh, you know the raspberry vinegar that's on the shelves of the grocery store when you've had really good aged raspberry balsamic vinegar that has been from the inception uh, created with fresh pick of the season raspberries and made much like you would make wine but it makes a little turn and becomes vinegar and it's got such a phenomenal flavor that you can never get from uh, just having a base vinegar and throwing some raspberries in it, you know, or some raspberry flavoring in it, or, um, you know, balsamics that are, uh, you know, older than I am and are uh, aged and, and thickened and have this rich, deep flavor that... Uh, most balsamics in the grocery store are just artificially thickened. And, you know, I used to think years ago I didn't like balsamic vinegars and I did not like olive oils because I had been exposed to, uh, you know, most of the olive oils in the grocery store are uh, not of, you know, great quality and some of them are cut with other oils. And I just discovered I am very uh, particular about the oils and vinegars I use and then of course sea salts takes you know a whole nother twist and turn as well and so I've always um, uh, loved these products since I first tried them and uh, there's this shop in San Francisco that I, they opened up about 3-4 oh, years ago or so and so every time I go to San Francisco um, it's right you know, Deli Square, where there's, um, uh, you know, ice cream and all of that, so we, uh, always have Ghirardelli Square as our last stop when we go to San Francisco, and we get ice cream before we drive home, after we played tourist for the day or whatever, and so, um, when I discovered that they had this vinegar and oil shop, of course, that was a, you know, a must-stop place for me as well, and so, um, Uh, I became friends with the owner and that kind of thing. And they were going through some uh, transition of, um, you know, staff and getting a business license or a a liquor license and transforming uh, some aspects of their business. And they needed some help. So I thought, well, okay, you know, I'll help out a couple days a week. But, you know, I know their product and, you know, uh, be fun diversion from you know my accounting duties or whatever so um i started doing that and they had a couple of cookbooks that are um from the franchise because um, uh, it's a franchisee in uh, san francisco and the cookbooks are awful if you uh if you don't know how to cook you wouldn't recognize how bad it was, but if you do know how to cook, you recognize immediately that, um, you know, these are not uh, quality cookbooks that really show you how to, you know, use the products and whatnot, and so, um, you know, I had an opportunity to um, just throw some of my recipes together that, you know, I already have, and so I uh, am putting it together, and it's uh, really quite exciting because um, not only is it uh, going to be an opportunity for me to uh, have the cookbook, um, you know, in a uh, a store that the people that are in there already have a, um, an interest in uh, the type of material that my cookbook would offer, but um, because they're a franchise um, they actually, I have an opportunity to
3: uh,
2: present my book to uh, corporate and possibly have it picked up and distributed internationally uh, to their other franchises. So, um, so, you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's given me the opportunity um, of my main cookbook that I've, um, you know, originally wanted to do that started me on this whole journey Um, I was working on that and I had a couple of different um, uh, publishing houses express interest in it but every published author that I spoke to whether they were cookbooks or different genres all told me that um, I should self publish instead of going through a publishing house and i pretty much dragged my feet for a while trying to figure out what to do. And then when this opportunity came up to do, you know, a small little cookbook of, um, you know, just some simple uh, recipes of uh, vinegar and oil, I thought, well, this gives me an opportunity to test the the waters with self-publishing on a book that is not, you know, the one that's near and dear to my heart that, uh, I want to do, and it's so funny, just in the brief exposure that I've, um, uh, been exposed to in the print industry so far in doing it, I'm starting to really understand, uh, why every author has told me to self-publish, because believe it or not, even in the, um, You know with the fact that I am you know paying for the printing myself and I'm going to market it myself and um, you know take it from there that even with that where I'm you know taking 100% of the risk and will enjoy you know uh, 100% of the reward if it's successful uh, even with that I have had some pushback on, oh, you know, you don't want that kind of paper, oh, you don't want a, um, a spiral bound because that's going to, you know, cost an extra, you know, couple of bucks and you can do it this, you know, cheaper uh, uh, traditional, you know, binding way and, you know, you don't want to bleed off the page because that's going to, you know, do things. And, you know, I'm already, uh, when I've been trying to get uh, printing costs and production costs for some of the uh, things I want to do, I've gotten pushback from uh, virtually every single one of them. And as you know, as somebody who cooks, that uh, even though, you know, there's some beautiful cookbooks and there's, um, you know, you can have your uh, cookbook stand or whatever, I personally like spiral-bound cookbooks that I can lay flat or I can put it you know in my cookbook holder if I want to do it I can you know I don't have to um, you know worry about propping the page open or having it slip over um, and I, I will not produce any cookbook with my name on it that uh, is, is not spiral down. so um, you know so we'll see so but it's it's right now I'm kind of on the, uh, trajectory that, um, uh, probably closer to the end of June, um, I will have, uh, my cookbook available for sale, and then, uh, in addition to that, I actually will have a second cookbook that is going to feature, uh, pizza crust and pizza sauce recipes. It's kind of interesting that I'm excited about, so, um, you know, it's um, things are, are moving along. It's uh, it's pretty fun, and then uh, simultaneously to um, all of uh, my cooking stuff and doing things like that. Uh, it's an exciting you know, time in life. My daughter is um, uh, going to be graduating this weekend with a um, degree in uh, business and. Going on for further education, uh, specializing in accounting, and uh, yeah, that's a, a fun thing. And then I have uh, a couple of up-and-coming uh, or fairly well-established uh, country music uh,
3: uh,
2: artists that I'm privileged and uh, blessed to uh, call as friends. And um, one of them's out of. Uh, Canada and just uh, released a a single off of a new album that's going to be coming out and it's already charting on iTunes and another friend's album uh, release party is going to um, come in June and ironically I might not be able to go to it because um, it could be the same launch weekend of my cookbook and um, I actually might even get a chance at the launch party with some things that are going on to um, to cook or uh, be uh, alongside Giada uh, De La Rentes, which would be um, an awesome uh, opportunity as well. So it's it's fun. You know, you know, whenever you're in the kitchen and you're cooking, uh, you know, the world's problems, and Lord knows we have enough of them going on these days that... They kind of melt away as, you know, as your sauce comes together or, you know, something rises in the oven or whatever. And so, uh, you know, so so you can always find me in the kitchen, uh, you know, baking up something interesting and wonderful. That's so what have awesome. you been up to, my no, friend?
1: Of, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. I was just,
2: uh, you know, I, I figured I... I uh, took the spotlight long enough telling you of what I was doing and so uh you know I was just curious how uh things are going for you. I know you relaunched your um radio show.
1: Yes. I'm doing pretty good. But first I'd like to say congratulations on your cookbook and your uh, daughter graduating. That's awesome. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> for me I've I've uh, been kind of hiding low and applying for jobs now, so hopefully I'll be able to get one. And I have my fish-keeping show, and I just relaunched my cooking show. And I'm going to be starting a cookie business pretty soon, selling my own cookies and stuff. And uh, I'll be working towards that over the next few months, and I'm looking forward to that. And I recently found some uh, new recipes that I'm really enjoying, like a, a, a delicious prime rib and things like that. Cool. Indeed. And so with your cookie business, are you going to
2: sell them online or um, market them through, uh, you know, uh, farmer's markets? Or what's your, your plan for your cookie business?
1: Well, I'm actually going to do do both of them. I'm going to sell them online and then I'm going to sell them at farmer markets and flea markets and uh, the holiday things that we have in the city. I think that'll be a a good idea to start, and then as they get more popular, I'll sell in stores. Mm -hmm.
2: That's good. So are there, uh, I'm not sure what the uh, cottage food industry laws are uh, in your neck of the woods, because, you know, in California they've uh, changed a little bit, but are you able to um, produce them in uh, a home kitchen if you stay below a certain volume or do you have to go to a commercial kitchen or um, do you just need to be inspected in your kitchen or how does that work have
1: you researched that yet yeah I've actually researched it I know that uh, if you're doing a high volume they, they require you to rent a professional kitchen or a commercial kitchen um, and I also know that they, if you're going to do it out of your home they you have to have a health inspection and they have to deem you safe for cooking food for the public, and that costs a lot of money. So I'll probably have them inspect my house first and then decide if I want to rent out a commercial kitchen. Uh-huh. Well, that'll I be nice, be
3: cool. though.
2: That, uh, well, you know, uh, one of the things that I even looked into doing, um, which is a little bit easier um, from a startup standpoint is um, packaging, you know, dry mixes and things where people add their own eggs or, you know, milk or butter or whatever, um, you know, that there's a uh, little less stringency in uh, in those kinds of areas, so, um, you know, that'll be exciting. So. do you have any idea when uh, you're going to be up and running or is it still something you're researching and figuring it
1: out? I'm still researching, but I'm aiming for September, October just in time for the the holidays because I know it's a very busy time of year. Indeed. I'm looking forward to it. It should
2: be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's... uh, know, quite a uh, a lot to bake, uh, you know, cookies out of your home if, uh, you know, if the demand picks up. So, um, you know, the nice thing with commercial kitchens is, uh, you know, more space and more ovens.
1: I agree. Hopefully I can find a nice uh, commercial kitchen for a good price.
2: Uh, well, you know, it's... Uh, you know there's something that uh can look at and you know with some of the um the food contacts that you have uh you know that might open some doors uh for you as well
1: that's true
2: so are you um uh thinking about going and uh um, you know I know before you were in you know culinary school and uh wanted uh you know, become a professional chef or whatnot, is that something that you still aspire to do? Or uh, do you like being the mix of, you know, being an entrepreneur and uh, cooking and blending the two together as opposed to, you know, being a classically trained chef?
1: I like the uh, entrepreneur and, and doing combining them together. I think it's a lot more fun for me, and I make a lot of money doing that. Good.
2: And so what are you doing on your cooking show? How often are you doing your cooking show now?
1: Probably about twice or three times a week. I I talk about a lot of uh, cooking topics. I give out recipes and pretty similar to uh, a couple years ago, except there's a little bit of a change because I'm speaking from uh, my point of view of a cook instead of a professional chef now. I'm really enjoying it, though. It's a fun fun experience for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. So you're still uh, interviewing guest chefs, and I remember you used to have, like, the, um, the junior chopped uh, or uh, master chef uh, on years ago and had some interesting guests from time to time.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to get some more interesting guests. I'm pretty sure that I'll find some. They're out there somewhere. Just got to keep looking. I always have fun having guests on my show.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh.
2: So what kind of jobs are you looking for? Are you looking for jobs in the food industry or just uh, you know, any particular area?
1: I would love a job in the food industry, maybe like a line cook or uh uh work my way up to a chef or even a server, but right now I'll take any job that I can so I can get some income going to help towards my cookie business. Oh, and well
2: that sounds lovely. So what's the what have you been cooking this week that has uh got your taste buds excited?
1: Well, uh, this weekend I'm going to be making uh, veal parmesan for the first time in years. And on uh, Monday, on Memorial Day, I'm going to be making a nice barbecue for the family. Oh, well, that sounds
2: lovely. Thank you. I've been, yes, now I've uh, been uh, just testing all sorts of um uh recipes with my um uh, my cookbook coming, you know, together that um you know, I've got some uh, you know, I made actually this uh one cracker that um turned out uh pretty good, but it was um uh just a simple cracker that I was using um, hazelnut oil with. But I, you know how you can sometimes do like cheddar crackers or, you know, put different cheese and whatnot. But hazelnut oil and brie goes together very well. And so what I wound up doing was I froze the brie and then I grated it. So it was like um, uh, kind of like the texture of like Parmesan cheese as opposed to, you know, breeze normally a, a much, you know, moister, gooier cheese. And um, I flaked it and it made a delicious cracker and I put some fresh rosemary in it and, um, you know, just a little bit of sea salt and, and water and flour and uh, it was just delicious. And the um, uh, the other thing that I've made recently that um, has got people really excited is um, I uh, used some coffee bean oil that um, was – it's a um, grapeseed oil that um, uh, is the carrier, but um, it's got the coffee bean flavor in it as well. And I made a coffee cake that was, you know, pretty much a traditional, you know, coffee cake um, that was just moist and buttery and delicious – But the um, cinnamon streusel topping, instead of mixing it with melted butter, I mixed it with the coffee bean oil, and then I um, put some crushed dark chocolate espresso beans on top for a little bit of crunch. And it's, um, you know, hands down, everybody who's tried it has thought it's the the best coffee cake they've ever had in their life. So um, I don't know if you have access to coffee bean oil out your way, but, um, but that's been a really fun and exciting um, uh, thing to do. As you know, when you're cooking in the kitchen and you uh, you know, come up with something new or different or, or you perfect a recipe that you've been working on, uh, there's so much satisfaction in the finished product that um, there's few things that bring a chef uh, more joy than that.
1: I agree. I think you could probably find a uh, coffee oil or coffee bean oil at a fancy store up here.
3: Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I actually
2: – Oh, no, it is. And that's actually going to be one of the recipes that's um, in the cookbook. And then um, actually I've got a, a third cookbook that I've got people uh, hounding me for, but it's like let me get these first two you know, off first, but, um, you know, I also like to do, you know, healthy recipes and and things like that. And one of the things I've been doing uh, lately because, you know, I really like the look and appeal of, like, yogurt parfaits, you know, for, like, breakfast or whatnot, but I absolutely hate yogurt. I'm uh, not really that – much of a yogurt fan in any way, shape, or form, even though I've eaten it a few times and tolerated it. It's just not my thing. And so um, I've started to make kind of a healthy um, uh, vanilla pudding that is um, uh, sugar-free and it's, you know, high-protein and it's great whether it's warm or cold. And um, I've just been... uh, Using milk, and I use uh lactate uh because my family uh tends to be more sensitive to um uh to regular you know milk but um you know you could use others and so I use a little bit of um uh milk and then I mix in some egg beaters um uh which is basically uh you know the egg substitute, but it's pretty much you know pure egg white with a little bit of um, yellow, um, you know, coloring into it. And so it turns it a really nice, beautiful, um, uh, you know, vanilla-y, uh, light-colored yellow. And um, you, know, you could use whole eggs, too, but I tend to use the uh, eggs, egg beaters and a little bit of cornstarch, and then some uh, sugar-free vanilla syrup. and. Uh, some cornstarch, and I've just been zapping it in the microwave, and you know, stirring it, you know, every like 30 seconds or so. And then I, um, you can add chocolate to it, or I, um, I actually have two servings of it um, for today. When I've, um, one, I have it layered with blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries, and then uh, for an afternoon snacky dessert kind of thing. I have some uh, bananas mixed into the vanilla pudding and a um, a ginger snap cookie uh, that I've um, crumbled up as, you know, a little crumb topping. And so it's, um, you know, just something that I can eat that's nutritious and, uh, you know, full of protein and, you know, low fat and, uh, you know, no sugar other than the sugar naturally occurring in the fruit. and. It's just so, uh, you know, delicious. And uh, with that and some of my other um, uh, recipes that are, you know, very, um, you know, low-calorie but um, nutritious, uh, a lot of people want me to put those recipes together in a cookbook too. So, um, you know, so I think that this is going to be the year that you're going to see multiple cookbooks um uh with my name on it so we'll see how it goes but um you know, gotta get the first one on the shelf first, so we'll see what happens.
1: I agree. I'll definitely buy some of your cookbooks if I can. Oh, well
2: I would be pleased uh uh if you would but uh you know it's it's fun just to, you know, as you know to um to work on something and have the um the cookbook come together and um, you know one other thing that I'm your not sure um if uh, how you keep your recipes um situated or organized or whatnot, but um I have a um a great recipe app on my smartphone and then you know you can sync all your devices and everything uh that's called chef tap and it's um you know I used to um keep all of my recipes electronically, you know, for, gosh, even before the days of personal computers, I still kept my recipes electronically. And, uh, you know, I um, had a program that uh, was quite old. I don't know if you watch Shark Tank, but uh, Mr. Wonderful, uh, the computer software company that he made his first fortune on, uh, actually made my favorite Recipe program, and you know, he sold it for you know, a couple billion dollars and whatnot. And I've tried all sorts of um, computer programs to keep track of my recipes, and for various reasons, I um, did not like them as much as this old program. That uh, I reached the point where. Uh, it would not it won't run on Windows ten and the last operating software I got it to run on is um windows seven the thirty two bit it won't even run on the thirty uh the sixty four bit version and so I've been like scrambling and i've actually uh had as I was searching for those um you know ways. To get software to manage my recipes, um, I had several opportunities to work with people to develop my own um, computer software, and I really didn't want to do that just because you know I don't need one more thing to do in my life. But um, then I ran across ChefTap, and the people who developed the app are wonderful, um, and. It's uh the only app that you can with a press of a button, uh, any recipe that you find like on the web or um, you know I've scanned my recipes, etc, uh, you can uh, put them into um, the ChefTap app really easily and then you know export them and do different things, scale them, you know add your pictures, add your notes, etc and it's uh the only thing it doesn't do that my old program did and I've spoken with the developers several times and they have no plans to ever um include it is my old program um also um as you've put in your ingredients and everything it would calculate the nutritional um value of the recipe you know the calories the fats the protein whatever and I uh, it's it was a really nice feature um, of my old recipe program, but the uh, the creators of ChefTap do not want to uh, do that because of the they're so into accuracy and precision. And you know, as you know, um, when you're cooking something, uh, you know, even like a, a good example is you know if you're deep frying chicken that depending upon what oil you're using and your temperature and how you do it, the um, the amount of fat that is absorbed into the breading in my kitchen could be different from the fat that's absorbed in your kitchen, you know, because of, you know, different cooking techniques and, and whatnot. And, you know, because of other uh, variances of, um, you know, whether you're using uh, – you know, the, um, you know, Irish uh, butter or, you know, European butters or American butters or whatever. There are, you know, so many differences of uh, products that they do not want to um, uh, do something that is not 100% accurate. And so, you know, I have other ways that I can calculate the um, the nutritional benefits of my um, my recipes but everything else uh, it does and it's wonderful because I can uh, use I can pull up my recipes on my tablet I can pull it up on my phone I can you know send it to somebody I can you know post it to Instagram or whatever it's just um, a great versatile app so um, if you haven't tried it and you're looking for one you should try it.
1: I actually have it on my phone too I, I absolutely love uh Chef tap it's a great application, and I recommend all of our listeners out there to try it as well.
2: Indeed, how long have you used Chef tap?
1: Uh, I just recently found it, so I'd probably say six months I found it like around Christmas time.
3: Mhm
2: I
1: love and it Dave, actually. Well, it, it's is, pretty
2: good. it is a great app, and um the people who created it are are just so wonderful and helpful. I've uh, exchanged a lot of communication back and forth with them and even on like, you know, I've sometimes sent an email, you know, on a Sunday afternoon and still gotten a reply which completely surprised me and it's like, you know, then it's nice and part of what you can tell because uh, I've talked to a lot of um, different software developers um, uh, of different uh, cooking programs and everything, part of why Chef Tap is so good is Primarily because the people who um, developed it and are behind it, and I don't necessarily mean you know every single person who had their hand in it, but the driving force of it are people who love to cook and understand you know those things, so um, they've put their knowledge and expertise uh, in the kitchen uh, and applied it with the knowledge and expertise they have on computer software and we have a great product so um, uh, so I'm happy to uh to use their products. So I'm glad to know you're a happy user too.
1: Awesome. I want to thank you for being our first guest here on the Chef Cronelli Cookie Show Relaunch, and I enjoyed chatting with you.
2: It was nice chatting with you too. I have to uh, go right now, but I wish you luck in your new show, and uh, I'm sure we'll have other opportunities to talk as um, time progresses, and good luck with your cookie business.
1: Thank you, and I'll have you on the show again whenever you're free. Thank you so much.
2: Great. Take care. You too. Okay, bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. All right. What a wonderful guest Christine Kish was. Thank you so much, Christine, for being our first guest here on Chef Alex's Hot Stove. Okay, it's time for our intermission. It's time to shut the flame off for a bit and cool down. During this intermission, we will hear two songs and then some infomercials for Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. Don't go anywhere. Plenty of fun is still to be had here on the hot stove. Coming up next current food trends, recipes, and more. Don't go anywhere. The Hot Stove with Chef Alice continues next with some more fun stuff. We're going to take our short intermission, and we'll be right back. Before we go into intermission, I have a couple of announcements. The Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show celebrates its 300th episode on June 17th at 9 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to have a 4th of July special episode of the Chef Crennelli Cooking Show. I know it's a while from now, um, but I just figured I'd mention that. So we're back with more of Chef Falk's Hot Stove after this. Don't go anywhere, folks. We're back with more next after the two songs intermission.
4: luster meals leave your family wanting arnold's has everything you need for a great family dinner or an extra special holiday meal need chicken for that casserole how about country ribs for the crock pot from beef tenderloins to turkeys and all the spices sauces and marinades in between arnold's is the place to go to please your oven and your family come discover the ultimate butcher shop
0: La Fiorentina Pastry Shop in East Longmeadow is the place to go for delicious Italian pastries and coffee. At La Fiorentina, there is always a great selection of fresh-baked goodies. Choose from cannoli, eclairs, cream puffs, cupcakes, and sfogliatelle. You'll enjoy our cakes, cookies, and gelato as well. Make sure to come in during the holidays, as we always have many seasonal specialties that you won't want to miss. When you're in need of a sweet treat, come visit La Fiorentina Pastry Shop.
2: We are a local family-owned business. We offer more services than most, and they are free.
0: Our job isn't done until our customer is 100% satisfied.
2: I would highly recommend Kitchen Concepts to anyone. My timeline was two weeks, and within two weeks, the project was done, on time and on budget. Along with our huge selection of cabinets, we have one of the largest granite displays in the area.
0: With a one-week turnaround and one-day installation, you'll enjoy dinner in your updated kitchen that evening.
2: Stop
1: by Kitchen Concepts today. Attention, Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show listeners. Be sure to check us out on Facebook where you can get our latest recipes, our show news, wonderful cooking videos, and more. Every single recipe on this episode of the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show will be posted on our fan page. Go to Facebook and look up Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show and hit like. Or simply go to www.facebook.com forward slash Chef Alice Cardinelli forward slash. Please like our page. This is
3: Willie
0: really Wonka from the Chocolate Family from chocolate south carolina and you are listening to the chef cornelli cooking show yes that's right this is a cooking podcast now let's get back to the cooking
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Chef's Bertinelli Cooking Show. Tonight, tonight, Chef Benelli
3: brings e. to you a new series that's going to hear a great show up here on the Chef's Bertinelli Cooking Show. The new series is Chef Benelli's Cockroach with a
1: Has about this here on the Chef show. tonight? We have already had our first guest, and we have already had some of our food chat. Right now, we're going to finish the show with the food trends that are happening now. We're going to finish our show with recipes and also trending now. So let's get back on the stove. Let's heat up once again. And let's get back into the second part of our show.
0: It's 2017, and food companies are releasing all sorts of interesting new products, such as Oreo alcohol bars, 50-flavored, cinnamon, what? And other odd foods. Let's find out what the hats in the food industry and what's trending now.
1: All right, so let's talk about food trends right now Pepsi has unveiled a new flavor a flavor that you would not expect and it's called Pepsi Wildfire I think it is now it's a cinnamon flavored Pepsi I have tried it and I would not recommend it to anybody unless you like cinnamon stuff it is called Pepsi Fire now, Pepsi Fire is a cinnamon-flavored soda, cinnamon-flavored Coke, um, and I absolutely do not like it and do not recommend it because it is absolutely gross. It tastes—it tastes like a fireball. Um, if anyone ever had a, uh, if anyone ever had a fireball. You know what I mean. It also tastes like a cough medicine. So it's definitely disgusting. I am not the only one that does not like Pepsi Fire um, because I've been reading online reviews and there are more negative ones than positive ones. So I'm sure that that's never going to hit the market once Pepsi realizes that this is one of their failed attempts. But hopefully they can bounce back with a new flavor Maybe like a lemon Pepsi um, or chocolate Pepsi or something different. Um, but obviously, the cinnamon one does not work out. So we're going to talk about some um, company, new food companies that are releasing new products. So for today's edition of the Hot Stove, we're going to do restaurants. So Sonic is releasing three new slush. The first one is the Optimist Prime Slush, which has a cherry slush topped with a layer of blue raspberry. The Bumblebee Slush features orange slush topped with a layer of grape flavor. And the Megatron Slush features a base of sweet, clear slush topped with a layer of... Uh, Great flavor. Now, now Dairy Queen has released two new uh, products. The Treatza Pizza is a dessert pizza featuring fudge cookie crust, fudge cookie crunch crust, layered with vanilla soft serve, candy pieces, and a chocolate drizzle. Varieties include Choco Brownie, Reese's, M&M, and He's. The Misty Slush is a slushy drink available in such fruit flavors as cherry, blue raspberry, grape, strawberry, kiwi, and lemon lime. Uh, we have Jamba Juice. They released a poolside fit with collagen boost smoothie, which has watermelon juice blend, cucumber, lemon, strawberry, peach and collagen and the watermelon breeze smoothie which has watermelon, strawberry, raspberry, sherbet and uh pineapple um Jack in the Box is unveiling its new signature beverage, Jumping Jack Splash, available where Coca-Cola Freestyle is offered. The non-carbonated beverage starts with minute Ma- minute made lemonade mixed with cherry, lime and raspberry flavors. As a lemonade lover, that definitely sounds good to me. I don't know this restaurant, so I'll skip that. Okay, so Duck and Donuts has a couple of new flavors. Um the vanilla cake batter donut Features vanilla flavored cake batter filling and is frosted with chocolate icing and topped with confetti sprinkles. Good to know because I'm going to go there tomorrow and have a vanilla cake batter donut for breakfast. That sounds delicious. Now, the Dunkin' Donuts sprinkle donut is frosted with white icing and topped with pink and orange sprinkles, shaped like the Brandon's Dunkin' Donuts logo and there's a s'mores flavored um coffee. Okay, this restaurant's no longer in the USA. So, in this one, what's this? All right. Uh we don't have a we don't have that here. Crackle Barrel Old Country Store. Crackleberry or Crackle Barrel is adding a dessert to its campfire meals lineup. The new Campfire S'mores features a Hershey brownie with a buttery graham cracker crust topped with a toasted marshmallow and half of a Hershey's milk chocolate bar served with ice cream. You know what? That actually sounds delicious and sounds like a recipe that I want to try. So that might make me go into the kitchen and uh, start again. And start making that. All right. So that is the hacks in the food industry for tonight's ed- edition of The Hot Stove with Chef Alex Cardinelli.
0: It's time to use our claim and heat from the stove for the real reason why we use stoves and ovens. Find out what's cooking in the kitchen today with Chef Alex on the hot stove.
1: So every episode of the hot stove, we're going to have a segment called What's Cooking Today, which is going to be a segment where I tell you uh, some things that you can make, and I help you cook something. Today... I'm going to tell you how to make a delicious classic American spring slash summer treat. I'm also going to tell you about a twist you can do to make this delicious treat even more delicious and over the top. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about s'mores. Now, s'mores is a classic American treat that has graham crackers, chocolate, and and marshmallow. So, you can make your own s'mores outside on the grill by simply taking a graham cracker, chocolate, uh, taking a graham cracker, placing a piece of chocolate and a marshmallow on top, and then placing a top uh, a graham, cracker, graham cracker on top, wrap it up and cook it on the grill, and uh, let it cook for a few minutes wrapped in foil. Or you can make this in your own kitchen. Just uh, take a graham cracker, sandwich the same way you would as if you were going to put it on the grill, and microwave it for about 30 seconds. And there's your easy, delicious s'mores. Now, for a twist, you don't have to use just regular chocolate. You could use a Reese's peanut butter cup, a Twix candy bar, a Mounds, whatever kind of chocolate you like. You could use Twix, Milky Way, a... Uh, Snickers, Kit Kat, whatever. You don't always have to use plain chocolate. I think it adds a nice touch to the s'mores because you might be getting caramel, peanut butter, uh you might get coconut from the mounds and I think it all is it all is going to work well with the marshmallow because what what can go wrong with marshmallow? What doesn't taste good as marshmallow? Practically nothing besides entree foods. So on on, on our next episode of um, The Hot Stove, I'm going to have some actual s'more dessert recipes that I'm going to share with you. So um, stay tuned for that. Okay, so right now we're going to go into trending now. And trending now is what's trending on social media, on Facebook and Twitter Things like that. So, I'm looking under trending now, and we're going to get started. And I'm looking at the first thing that pops up is the London Bridge. And shots are fired as police tackle major incident in London, which is believed to be a terrorist attack. I'm so sick and tired of seeing these terrorist attacks. I mean, it's getting ridiculous now. Hopefully, they will come to an end soon. Um, let's see, Craigslist, college student and friends post Craigslist ad for barbecue dad. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And Harley Davidson is recalling 57,000 motorcycles. Wow, that is incredible. That's a lot of motorcycles being recycled. And that, my friends, is trending now. And now on to our final segment.
0: Do you want to try Chef Alex's recipes in your kitchen? Do you want to find out for yourself whether the recipes are actually good? Well, you can find out for yourself. It is recipe time with Chef Alex here on Chef Alex Cardinelli Cooking Show. All of the recipes given out on today's show will be available on our Facebook page, which is Chef Cardinale Cooking Show. All of the recipes will be featured in the notes section of our Facebook page, which you can find at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Chef Alex Cardinale. Oh, by the way, don't forget to like the page.
1: All right, that's right. Both of the recipes that I'm about to give out can be found on my Facebook page, Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show, in the notes section probably on Monday or Tuesday morning. So my first recipe that I'm going to give out is Swedish meatballs. So first we have to make the meatballs. So you're going to need a pound of ground beef, a half pound of ground pork. You're going to need four eggs. You're going to need about half of a container of breadcrumbs, some Parmesan cheese, some of your favorite seasonings, and some fresh basil. And what you're going to do is you're you're going to combine all the ingredients until it forms a nice meatball. You're going to roll these into uh, medium-sized meatballs, make them however large or however small you want to, and then you can uh, fry them in a skillet. Or you can bake them in a preheated 375-degree oven for 20 minutes. Now, to make the Swedish sauce, you're going to need one can of beef stock. Before you add the beef stock, you want to make a roux. And you can make a roux simply by uh, melting one stick of butter and a cup of flour. And then stir together till it's nice and gold brown then add your beef stock and wait till that comes to a nice uh boil and wait till it thickens. then when it thickens, add some beef gravy and then after you've added the beef gravy add about a half of a cup of red wine place your meatballs back into the skillet and then um you can cook your egg noodles and then serve these Swedish meatballs these are absolutely delicious and I think you're gonna enjoy them my last recipe for today's show is sugar cookies now sugar cookies are very delicious and I think they're a recipe that everybody should try one cup of butter one cup of sugar two eggs two cups of all-purpose flour one teaspoon of baking soda, a teaspoon of vanilla, and a teaspoon of lemon juice or lemon extract. Cream together the butter and sugar until nice and fluffy. Add the eggs, then add the dry ingredients, then add the vanilla, uh, excuse me, We start over. Uh, beat the, uh... Butter and sugar together, add the extracts, then add the dry ingredients, add the extract and eggs, then add the dry ingredients, and then uh, shape into uh, cookie dough balls, or use a cookie scoop, and bake at 350 for eight minutes or until nice and lightly golden brown. Those are the recipes, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, what a great show tonight. It's time to turn the flame off and chill out. I'd like to remind everybody that the Chef Carinelli's Cooking Show is going to have its 300th episode on June 17th, 2017.
0: On the next episode of Chef Carinelli's Cooking Show,
1: Get Ready for Hell, Hell with a Fury by Chef Gordon Ramsay. Hear some of Gordon Ramsay's funniest insults and anger from Hell's Kitchen. And learn how to become a better cook with Chef Ramsay's tips. Gordon Ramsay Unleashed debuts and airs live tomorrow, Sunday, June 4th, 2017, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific. See you then. That's right. Tomorrow we're going to be live, debuting another new series called Gordon Ramsay Ramsey Unleashed. Ladies and gentlemen, our next hot stove is going to air on June 25th, 2017. My topics for that show is going to be my advice for new cooks. I'm going to talk about some quick meals and tricks for those who have a busy schedule. I'm going to talk about is fast food really fast? Is fast food okay every once in a while? I'm going to talk about cooking with alcohol and the benefits of it. I'm going to have food trends. I'm going to have a special guest. I'm going to have a penne a vodka recipe. I'm going to have a strawberry shortcake recipe and more. So tune in to the next episode of The Hot Stove with Chef Alex, June 25th, 2017, at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for tuning into The Hot Stove with Chef Alex Cardinelli. I appreciate your listening, and I really hope that you enjoyed tonight's show. If you enjoy tonight's show, please share tonight's show with your friends and family by copying and pasting my show URL onto social media. I had a lot of fun with Chef Alex's Hot Stove, and I cannot wait to go back on the air again. On June 25th, with another episode of Chef Alex's Hot Stove, the only cooking show to feature cooking, baking food mixed with entertainment, reality, and current events. I hope you guys enjoyed the debut episode, and I value your listen. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me to come into your house on a Saturday night, and I really appreciate your listen. I'll see you the next time on the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. Until then, get in the kitchen and start cooking. It's time for me to turn off the flame. The Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show says good night, and Chef Alex says good night, stay hot, and have a great rest of your weekend. Good night, everyone.
0: On the next episode of Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show,
3: You're dead.
4: Enjoyed the show. Have fun cooking and baking Chef Alex in the recipe. If you use them, please tell Chef Alex how they came out. Contact him on Facebook, Alex Cardi and you may also ask him any cooking questions. With that, please share today's show on Facebook, Twitter, and other sites if you enjoyed it. Share the food chat with everyone. We'll see you in the kitchen next time. Good night.